Rob, thanks for joining me, mate. You're here today to talk about retained recruitment. I am now. I'll go easy on you compared you. To, to Louise. Apparently, I was very, very mean to her. And I have apologised to Louise, but once again, sorry. Uh, but yeah, look, you, you've got um, a particular viewpoint on retained recruitment and, and sort of the difference between retained and real retained, was it you called it? <laughs> Proper retained. Proper yeah. retained, that's it. Yeah, so um, yeah, let's, let's kind of start exploring into that and we'll go from there, yeah? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's better to go back to why retained came on my radar, really, because when I, I set the business up eight years ago and I did what everyone, you know, I tried a bit of rec to rec, tried a bit, of, you know, was just trying to build a business and, and, and sort of get some fees in. And it became quite apparent that, my time being in high street recruitment 15 years previous, it was still the same market. Right. You know, I thought it had probably changed. Evolved. Evolved, that's <laughs> yeah. a better word. And weird yeah. enough, it hadn't. Um, and it was really, you know, honestly, as a small business, the cash flow element of it, because when I was, when you're working for corporates, it doesn't matter. No. If they don't pay or you don't get that role, all right, you don't get your bonus. Yeah. But you still get your POI money and you've still got a job mm -hmm. because you're, you're monthly. And it became quite clear really quickly, like, I can't run a business and I wanted to do perm. I was very, I've done contract, done temp, never want to touch right, that. Right. So you were, you were running a perm head, like straight into perm. perm I left the events industry after about nine years, went back to recruitment and sort of remember, I remember sat there on day one being like, yeah, I've got no clients or candidates. I completely forgot about this whole recruitment oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole retain stuff came from, honestly, from doing rec to rec and speaking to, I've got to be a bit careful here because obviously people can see where I worked, but going back to companies I worked at, big high street recruiters, mm -hmm. working with their internal talent teams and being treated like something on the bottom of their shoe. You know, and I was thinking, hang on, this, this doesn't happen, does it? You know, yeah. I was a bit naive, yeah. you know. Then I started looking at what what I'm you know what I'm good at, and I sort of ended up going towards events. And I just didn't want to do that an other recruitment. And retained has always had a rightly or wrongly retained has a sort of panache like a retained. And you know you've yeah, got these yeah, retained yeah. these retained yeah. recruiters that talk about it as if it's like the best thing in the world, you know. And and you know I think done properly, it is more beneficial. But you have to have have that niche, and and that's where retained come from. It was my wife. Um, was the XHRD at Moonpig and a tech company called Dialogic. And I remember sat there like, as an HRD, what do you want a recruiter to do for you? Excellent. Yeah. You know, just tell me yeah, what you want. Yeah, yeah. What do you want? And literally wrote yeah, this yeah, whole list. build my business plan around that yeah. from a case study of well, you're exactly. in this world. Tell me. Yeah. You know, and I, and I know enough people in HR and just ask that question rather than go, well, I'm going to sell this. Yeah. It was just in a dream. Cause I, you know, for nine years use recruiters, the other end as the client, you know, you're paying a fee 15, 20, 25%. And I was doing it still myself. Yeah. So it was like, wait. And I remember she wrote this list. I've still got it on my wall, like the nerd that I am. And I remember looking at it and going, I'll just do that. Yeah. I'll just do that. First. And it was really weird. It was so. What, of... what, were, what were some of the key points on that list then? Are you happy to share? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, no, so... no, my list. No, <laughs> not at all. I think this is the thing because I've, I've spoke to recruiters previously when I was setting up uh, yeah. and during, you know, People have left my events industry and set up on their own. And I've spoke to quite a few recruiters about let's let's work together. You know, I'm not yeah. you know shy about working. I don't have a I've never been really one of those like it's my, my pot, my mm, pot. I want mm, to improve yeah. recruitment's sort of reputation for everyone because it makes it easier. Yeah. You know how many recruiters pick the phone up since they go recruiter, they hear that like, oh yeah. And I think if recruitment, if everybody like a Dave Brailsford, if everybody could just improve it one percent the whole industry would be better no i think yeah it's a really good point it's yeah. mental and then yeah so you know i talked to these people and i remember them saying why would i do that why would i do that because for me it is adding value and it is those really annoying things of like what are the pain points what are the and it's the heavy lifting side of it you know no one wants to write a job description for example mm -hmm. but i know if i can write a client's job description they've got to give me a really good brief yeah so if i've taken a really good brief i'm now already way ahead of your normal contingency recruiter because I'm sitting with two or three decision makers for an hour, an hour and a half each. So I can write a job description. I also write a bespoke role profile because the whole fitability thing, look, look you've seen me and I've trademarked it. I own that word. I, 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 I own that. something, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is nice. That and my wife's car are literally the only things I own. <laughs> uh, or she owns, sorry. But the whole fitability thing is working on the premise that as a recruiter, you would hope, you would hope that, you know, finding someone that can do the job is the bare minimum. Yeah. So I call that the 60%. Yeah. 
you know, okay. the nuts and bolts yeah, of yeah, doing yeah. a job. If you're a carpenter, 60% of being a carpenter is the same whoever you work for, whatever you build almost in a way. Yeah. So fitability was born from, well, that 60% is a job description. That's all that is. A job description is what are you accountable for, what are you responsible for, okay. the nuts and bolts. Then we write a role pro. we, sorry, I, write a role profile. And that role profile talks about things like the relationships they're going to come across, the projects they're going to work on, the clients they're working with, the culture, the values, stuff that has now been ruined by people saying culture, culture, but it means yeah. nothing. It's it's nothing if you can't prove it. It's beanbags and free coffee, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. And, and that side of thing is, you know, the whole point for me is you're not going to find someone that's a good fit for your business. Like you, If you find someone that's 80, 85% good fit for your business, you've hit them you've done the money there yeah yeah because every job you go into is not you know if you can find a job you walk into on day one and you're like 80 85 percent of this job i really enjoy doing well done you fantastic yeah. Yeah, yeah and i think we always talk about best talent top talent there's no such thing as best talent it's 80 85 percent of it and the rest is I used to, yeah I, I used to have a, a thing with that when, when i ran a recruitment agency i'd always say this that the staff would be like oh can you come check this email can you come check this and i'm like get rid of that you haven't got the perfect candidate. Nobody has uh, the perfect candidate. candidate. There is not a single person in that business right now who is a perfect candidate. No. You know? And this is kind of getting at that mentality of like, actually, like, understand what the words you're saying really mean mm. rather than just sort of like willy-nilly chucking them out there. Um, but I suppose in the, in the same sense, like there are contingent recruiters out there. I mean, we we used to pride ourselves on, on our fill ratios and that kind of thing. And we knew that we picked up a job and picked up a good brief and got it exclusive or got it kind of uh, exclusive between us and another agency. We yeah. were like, we're going to fill this. How can it be exclusive between you and someone yeah, else? Yeah, well, it was in like, it's, it's with you guys, but it's also with these guys. But oh, they've had, you know, but like, you know, it's kind of no one else is going to have it and we're not right, going to okay. take it. Yeah, joint so, exclusive. Yeah, jo joint exclusive. <laughs> You've made a new, term a new was, thing, right? joint just, exclusive. All I knew was um, we'd rank the jobs, yeah. and but we would work hard on them. We would do all the kind of, turning over every stone, making sure every CV is perfect, you yeah, know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And so recruiters like me um, at that time would always find it difficult to sell retained because we were like, I'm already doing a better job than most of the other agencies. And that's the point. But I'm doing it contingently. So yeah. how do I then move from my contingent model, which is first class, best in class, yeah. to I'm now just exclusively retained? Like, where, where does that... But but that's that because I fell into that trap. I fell into that trap of selling it against others. Mm. I fell into the trap of saying retained is better than this because of this. And it, it wherever now nine years into the business, honestly, it was only probably about three and a half four years ago. Like I really found that sweet spot, which was I now present retained as this is what I do for you, and to do this service, you will pay me a third upfront. Which weirdly enough, and I know Louise will hate this, my third retainer is actually refundable. I say to people, if you don't like my shortlist, if you think I've done a shitty job, I'll give you it back. Because I work in quite a niche area. I work in the events sector and, and brand experience. Although it's a ninety billion pound sector, it's very niche. For me, reputation is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been working mm -hmm. events and recruitment 22, 25 years. A retainer That's a of... risk worth taking, isn't it? Is. I, I, what I would ask it you is, yeah. since since you've been doing that, how many times have you had to then give that back? You Once. Know? Yeah. And I and it's still yeah. Yeah. still bust. they did go bust six months later but i'm not blaming them for it but that was i think they were about the sixth or seventh client that i'd done since i started doing that that sort of thing because the thing is retained is people just hear i've got to give you money up front and then you might not even fill it that doesn't make sense how because i don't think about the person i'm talking to i think no. about how they're going to sell it to the person who's going to Sign my terms of business. The person, yeah, and, and they've got to go and go, right, this is the reason I want to use Robert. And if if all they hear is we've got to give him money up front and and he's gonna do what and he's twenty and I'm twenty percent. Yeah. I'll tell everyone my fees are twenty percent. I'm, yeah. I'm not the cheapest, not the most expensive. I realise that. So I about three, four years ago turned it into right, this for me is my retained. Because you know there is a retained market out there, which is really contingency wrapped in a bow. Yeah. You know, like, and they do all this pretty stuff. They've got a better website. They've got smarter marketing, smarter social. So clients will mm -hmm. say, okay, I'll give you money up front. You, you, but they don't do anything different than what you yeah. just said. Yeah. And and Will, you know, uh, Will Grassoff, my, Will, shout out to Will, my business partner with you exclusive. He's a big, and I've seen him, he's a big advocate of calling people out, saying, we do this, we do that. 
but that's just recruitment. Yeah. Like what you've yeah, just what doing job. Exactly. Yeah. What you've just described, I'd be quite upset if I was a client here. What you mean? Other people don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. we're paying you to do the best job you can. But I think with contingency, what happens is a client gives it to four agencies, usually five, but let's say four for the purpose of today. So what's that? That's 25% risk that they've passed down. Mm-hmm. And then they're surprised that those agencies don't give any more than 25% worth of their time. They're worth of effort, yeah. And, yeah. and it, you know, if you haven't, if, if it's like two weeks has gone by, that contingency recruiter is not filling that role. They're not no. even looking at it. You know, it's a name on a whiteboard. And I've got nothing against contingency. No, I, there's a market for it. It's a multi-billion pound market and there's a, there's a market for it. What I have a problem is is people saying this is better than that and this is better than that, rather than these are all just different services. These are all different services and there's a market for it. Just you know, I have a yeah, I have, I, have a, I have a theory on this in that I think if as an industry we all accepted that certain industries or certain niches are better suited to retain recruitment. And you know, if the if the recruitment Illuminati could all get together and be like, right, we're no longer doing contingent in these sectors, and we're all going to go into that retained market, the clients have no choice but to follow suit because that's what the new norm is, right? And I think the problem we always have is that there are so many recruiters out there that would be like, yeah, fuck it, I'll work retained. I just want to work this job. I'd rather have the twenty five percent chance of filling this than not at all because I don't think they're going to accept the retained option and yeah. we find it hard to walk away from business we find it hard to walk away, sorry we find it hard to walk away from the carrot of of potential business because I say again you say this to the team all the time like just walk away the rates are too low walk away yeah no I don't want to walk away though like yeah I can feel but, this but, role, that, but, but no, that's you the good thing about feel, recruiters yeah. isn't it they've got that, yeah. that hunger this is it and it's like no no you might fill that role but you might not so walk away from it unless the financials add up. And I suppose yeah. that same mentality then needs to apply to a a kind of best-in-class contingent recruiter mm. to tell himself or herself that, no, I need to now start getting the most out of my clients and to say, look, like, I now work in this way. Yeah. I like your, it's refundable because I suppose that gives them an element of kind of... If it doesn't if work, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work. work out, you haven't mm. lost anything, right? No. Um but also it helps them take that like kind of baby step into that world because again your client hasn't worked with you retained before so they don't no. really know what they're getting into either and and this is the thing you know i only work with probably two or three clients a month you know i set my business up to place one and a 1.75 placements a month but i'm working on sort of roles so like tall take, midgets then say again <laughs> i'm i'm working on roles you know sort of anything from 80,000 and above and I look at it that I would rather have one or two clients a month telling me and telling their network how good I am rather than a contingent who has to maybe, let's say one in three. I think it used to be one in four. Well, I can't remember. Let's just say mm. one in three. You know, you've got three roles on, you're going to fill one. But you've got two people there who are going to say, well, you're not good at recruitment because yeah. you didn't fill my role. Yeah. Now, even that third person is never going to say you're good because if you filled their job, that's like the least you'd imagine... You're supposed recruit, to do that. That, That's yeah. what the job is. Yeah. So I took it and I thought about retained in that whole way of, you know, like I said, if they're talking to somebody else and they go, oh, you, you've got to pay out front. Tell me why you did that. I want that person to almost be really proud. Yeah. I want them to be like, this guy interviews bespoke for me. This guy creates well, a the, short The thing is, the psychology of buying um, has proven that when somebody has done that, so when somebody who's bought a Tesla will never tell you they made a mistake. Yeah. Right? they'll always tell you that it's the best thing they ever did yeah. won't they? But when we when we make the decision to buy um usually it's an emotional purchase that's justified by facts right? yeah justified to ourselves initially but then for the most part we then advocate that purchase to everybody who'll yeah. listen right yeah. so actually yeah you you, you, you with kind of your clients are going to do your marketing for you, you yeah. all you got to do is win that first retained client in a niche market you win that first retained client that and you can almost use that as a okay look if you want any you know if you want a reference or if you want a testimonial the last bit of recruitment i did was for rob here's his details reach out to rob they reach out to rob rob how was that you know service that you got from knitting in 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 this retained thing yeah it was great fantastic they're not gonna go i mean i I really wish i hadn't done that yeah you know but you you hit you you made a good point there because the problem is with recruitment is people don't talk about it to their friends and their competitors or colleagues in a positive way mm-hmm. because what you're saying is I can't recruit. Yeah. 
So yeah, if you're yeah. saying I've used Robert to recruit, what you're saying is we can't do it ourselves. And no one wants to say they're not very good at something, even though I would never say I could do their job. So back to that, that as I was mentioning there, that's how, for me, the retained model came into this, you know, and it's grown and evolved now, is I want people to be like, he writes job descriptions, he interviews, he shortlists. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, like headhunter, you know, I hate that. I am a headhunter. But for me, it's my network, you know, because we can all type in event manager or event director into LinkedIn. There. Yeah, that's not headhunt. But for me, it's easy to find what I call applicants. The tough bit in recruitment is getting candidates. Mm. So a shortlist can be one, you know, and that's having balls to say to a client, there's the person. I did this recently for an ECD, an exec creative director, and she got she was on 130, 140 was the role. And I put one person forward, one lady, and the client was honestly like, what is happening what do you mean? Like, we, what's that phrase? Benchmark. We'd like to benchmark. I was like, oh, no. yeah. I was like, what are you doing? I said, I found the person, and I, you know, I can show numbers: 60, 60 applications, forty odd spoke to, fifteen interviewed, blah blah blah. Yeah, because I, I do that. Those, the tire kicker meetings. Yeah, I do yeah, all yeah. of that. The I do all of, of work. exactly. Yeah, because yeah. that is retained. Retained is you know you hear that extension of your team. Mm-hmm. I'm your team. It's like yeah. I'm a freelance recruiter. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah, come yeah. and I'll recruit and then I'll leave. Yeah, I'll you take know. you under the bonnet and show you what I've done if you really want, or you can yeah. just go. It's fixed. Do you want to carry on with it? You know. And the thing is about if you if you do offer a retained service, it's the briefing stuff, and it's it's standing to your principles. Like I won't take a brief from one person only, because with retained, what happens is if I put a shortlist of one. And then at the end, the CEO comes in and goes, well, I'm only seeing one. I don't like this. I'm only seeing one. I want a benchmark. It's hard for me to then push back. Yeah. yeah. I make sure if that COO is going to make a decision during the briefing, otherwise I've said to people, I won't take your role. Why would I set myself up to fail? Because every client, I hand on heart, every client I've said no to mm-hmm. with regards to, I won't do those fees. Or no, I won't take it on if you just want to say, they've all come back to me. They've come back and said, you know yeah. that thing six months ago? Yeah. And a couple of them, it. I did, I've said to people on my terms of business, it says um, 20%. But if you go and use other people and then come back to me, I'll charge you 25%. Because obviously I used it. Bit of a sales tactic. Yeah, I want to no, scare the yeah. shit out of you. Yeah. So you give me the business now. And then I've had people come back and look, I've given it to four agencies. We've stuck it on LinkedIn. We've seen 40 people. Could you now take it on? And I'm like, but you've just made my job exponentially harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't get that. Yeah. I've, I've only done it on once now. to someone. Yeah. I've only yeah. actually once charged someone 25. I should probably try that more often, actually. Yeah, why not? But, but yeah, I think that's, that's, it's important. Um, what I like, though, is the not just the sticking to your guns thing, because obviously that comes with kind of experience and confidence and over time. But I like the, the thought process that, again, a lot of kind of junior recruiters or people sort of early in their careers could take away from that is, Find out who's in the decision-making process, right? So I'm taking a brief, whether it's from talent acquisition, whether it's from um, the line manager, but how many people are in this decision? Who's going to get the say-so as to whether yeah. this person joins the business or not? Right. Well, can I speak to all of them, please? No, if, I have to speak to all of them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No. But I mean, in, in, yeah, okay, fair, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't take a no. job on if I'm, someone's yeah, going to be... I need to speak to all of those people exactly. because I can't do a job otherwise. I can't do effectively do the right thing for no. you. Yeah, my my favourite briefing question is the um, when they say, like, it's between 80 and 100, and I'll ask them, what's the difference between an £80,000 candidate and a £100,000 candidate? And no one will give you an answer because they don't know. Yeah. So straight away, you're like, by doing the retainer, I mean, look, let's just wind it back. By doing a retainer, what happens is automatically the client sees you as different. They now see you as their recruiter. Mm-hmm. That can work and it sometimes can't because now they think I'm an employee. Yeah. So you can get the runaround and you've got to, you know, you've got to eat some shit on a daily basis. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've eaten enough in my time. Like, I'm happy with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't have that as the quote, Rob eats shit. No, don't say but, um <laughs> And likes the taste of and it. And likes the taste <laughs> of it, yeah. But so that, that sort of thing, once you've got that retainer in, for a start, you're in through procurement accounts. Yeah. You know you're going to get paid quickly at the end. So that's, it's always, for me, it's about cash flow as well. But when you're doing that briefing, which I always do face-to-face. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're in Coventry today. I'm at a, an award ceremony later, but obviously I'm in Coventry to see you. I go around the country, you know, even if I worked for you last year, I'll still come up to your office and brief because that role, I don't know your culture. I yeah. hate that. Like, oh, no, we've worked with you before, so just send us a JD. Bollocks. 
get in there and brief and speak to them. But that's that's the mentality from the last couple of years as well, which has been prevalent, right? Which is just take the brief, fill the job, take the brief, fill the job. And now those agencies are the ones that are struggling because actually it's like, oh, you haven't got a relationship with that client that you build. No. You built 100 van last year with them, but you haven't got a relationship with them. Hmm, no. Weird that, you know, because you were just servicing a need and now all of a sudden you want them to You're not respect a benefit. you and you have, a, yeah, have a relationship with you and you don't even know half the people in that team. And I think that's where retained has got a bad net. And I and I hundred percent get it. And I was one of those people. I was absolutely one of those people on LinkedIn telling everyone that retained was better than everyone else mm-hmm. because it was my business and I wanted to sell my business. I fell into that trap. Yeah. And it took, you know, some some kicks in the you know what. But until I could stand in a room with a load of recruiters and mm-hmm. answer the okay, what is it you do that you think I like we talked about Will and you talked about what you did before. 50% of what I do is still 100% better, more detailed, not better, sorry, more detailed, more bespoke than most of the recruiters out there, just 50%. But you'll have done that and Will will do that. And other really, you know, the people we see online, mm-hmm. everybody knows, they'll do that. For me, it's yes, but what is the difference between that and me now giving you money up front? Yeah. What are you doing for me? So that's where the job description, the role profile you know, I'll do things like write um, Q&A, do scoring matrices. I'll train the, you know, these are people, you know, who probably haven't maybe interviewed a £180,000 COO. Mm-hmm. So I'll mm-hmm. sit with those decision makers. I'll I'll help them. You know, we'll get to like... Right, so these must be then really the small and medium enterprises, right? We're not talking kind of I blue use, chips and... No, and I, I work with up. companies usually around the sort of seven, eight million to about 25 million. Yeah. I've got mm-hmm. a couple obviously look uh, one of the clients i work with is a couple of billion yeah. but that's not at all no i work with their uk arm which is a four and a half five million but it's because you've got to with me as well you've got to understand that you know one client will only use me every 18 months to two years because it's a senior role they don't yeah. really need to change senior people that yeah. often yeah, yeah so it's that i have to constantly be out there showing up there's, you know? there's so many layers to it though right because you're kind of like right I've selected my niche, which is this particular industry, which is hard for a lot of recruiters to do because there'll always be the, yeah, but can't you just help you? you you're in recruitment. I, I know you do IT recruitment, but can't you just find me a finance manager? Like, <laughs> you know, you can just, just chuck an advert out, see what happens. <laughs> um, and it's, again, for a, a cash-strapped or a cash-flow-worried business owner or recruiter, you're going to be sitting there and be like, oh, go on, man. So you've got your niche. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> or coming out of last year yeah. with a lot of the debts that people are carrying forward. 100%. So you've got you you've you've gone, right, I'm gonna pick a niche, but then within that niche of an industry, I'm going, this is the sweet spot for me, i.e. big fees, you know, good salaries, limited talent pool. So I get to really understand and know that talent pool. It's a national talent pool. So Okay, I'll have to go all over the place, but actually somebody who is based in London but needs to be in Birmingham two days a week is that you know, yeah. it's doable and vice versa. I, mean, I do global stuff as well. well okay, <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Well, if you're, not, if, if you're not placing people in the US <laughs> and the UAE, are you a recruiter now? That's, that's all everyone says they do. It's like I, I take people from here abroad, but I never get involved in globals for recruitment. I, I find that. But you're right, the niche thing is... It's I really think, doubling down. This, this, it's that whole inch wide, mile deep mentality, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good phrase. I like that. But that, but that's the thing. Like, if if recruiters didn't, and that sounds so weird, it's the recruiters that look at the fees first. Mm. You know, if recruiters are sat there as a business owner, probably not a recruitment consultant. If you're a if you're a business owner looking at right, how much money do I want to make? Then straight away you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, because you're not looking at it from a point of view of what what is it I offer? Mm. Because it's it's like you know, you look on LinkedIn, you look at all those recruiters running businesses, they've got a mobile laptop and a LinkedIn recruiter license. They're all telling the world they're recruiters. Yeah. So you've now put yourself up against them as competition. So sorry, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, yeah. report you so. And and this is, you know, how, how Will and I came together. Like I looked at him on LinkedIn as, you know, Will Grassot, very funny, his videos, you uh, OX7 are brilliant. But I was like, I don't know what you do. You're just... A contingency, I used to call him a contingency scumbag, which he still, he still uh, is. <laughs> weirdly enough, doesn't like me calling him that. And he thought I was like a, he used to yeah. call me a retainer wanker. Yeah. Because, you know, and it was, we were both trying to do that. Contingency's great, retain's great. And then we sort of got to know each other. And that's where the business you exclusive came from. Because you search and select works on roles above 60,000. 
But because of the brand I was building, people would come to me and say, can we have a project manager for 50 grand? And I'd sit there and be like, yeah, 50 is quite close to 60. Yeah. 50 is quite close. But what I learned was the retained model, that 50 to 60 is a different world. Mm. Absolutely different world. Because I can't work very well with people junior mid-level because I'm, you know, quite an old school approach to it. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know... Not just because of my, I did like I do a six month hundred percent rebate for, mm, for you know, okay. not just because I want you staying there for the next two or three years, so that you're going to call me in a year yeah. or so and start placing more people with you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to know about you. Whereas, and also at senior level, you've usually been in a job for like three, five, yeah, seven. You've years. done your, you kind of you're yeah. working up through. Yeah, you're not, you're, to get, you know, yeah. and I, and I know it could be a bit wet, but I see it as a bit of a. I am taking people. I am convi- mm-hmm. not convincing. I'm giving you an opportunity f- from leaving your job of five years to come to this one. Yeah. I want to make sure it's right for you. You know, whereas I think junior and mid-level, it's it's more about what's the job, what's the pay, where's the location, yeah. Yeah. and I'll make that decision. Because if it lasts 18 months, two years... Yeah, mate, do it for a couple of people years. Just look go. on your CV and then you exactly. can go somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. And we set it up, and he now works exclusive. And... You know, and he'll say it to me privately, and I won't get into too much private stuff, but he's like, this is, it's changed his approach. Yeah. Because when you do say to people, no, I specialize here, I'm great here, and this is something else. And if you want that, brilliant. I'm not saying that's bad, but here's a different option. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. take notice of that. And for me, retained has a, it has a reputation of, you know, like people thinking, you know, their poop doesn't stink, but that's because you've got people doing a contingency model and just asking for money up front. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. Yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. So you've really thought about your proposition. You've really thought about kind of, and so how long did it take you to get to that point then where you're like, <laughs> this long. is what they need, you know what I mean? Or this is what I need to be offering. I started the business and did that typical thing of I, I went, right, I'm going to fo- try to be a bit niche. I'm going to do operations, client services, and I think sales. But I went, I'm going to do it across everything. So my niche was there. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, you know, I live in Brighton and I was at like one one week at Shore and Port talking to them. And then next week I'm at some aerospace company. And then next week I'm at uh, lawyers or something. Yeah. Not lawyers, that's, that's bad. Um, accountants, weirdly enough, I, was, I remember. And suddenly I'm sat there going... I don't know anything about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at this is I'm I'm actually selling bullshit. And I was, to be honest, doing all right. Yeah. But I was looking at it longer term thinking this, this, this is bullshit. Yeah. This is I, I am not really a recruiter here. I'm just making money. Mm-hmm. And the difference straight away. And it and it took me about 18 months, because I come from the events industry. It took me about 18 months and I started doing analysis of where are my phone calls coming from and asking clients like, why have you and what yeah, why yeah. have you come to me? And 50% of them were like because I know you and you used to work in our industry at senior level. And it was one of those like, aha moments of like, ooh, I should just work in events. Yeah. And then to do that again. You sit there like, God damn it. Like, it's so <laughs> annoying. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Stu- I think back now, the rec to rec I did, and that's why I take the mic. Um, oh, she was on your podcast, um, a- a- Angela. Angela Hill. Angela Hill. Yeah. I take the mickey out of her mercilessly. But anyone that can work in rec to rec and do well and work like she does with a smile on her face, fair play, fair. Because that market is nuts. And I did that, and I call it rec to rec with a W <laughs> to deliberately wind up. But I did that market and was making money. But every night I was like, this is awful. I mm. do not feel like I'm adding value and no one cares about me. And I, you know, had the back doors with companies that I used to work at, Nin. I used to work at these companies. Yeah, so you know me. You know and me take, and you're still you're trying happy to... to take, and it's just me and you're taking money out of my back Unbelievable. Like, Unbelievable. Yeah. So when I went into that. the That's event true. side, it was like, I, I, I looked at it as like, if I'm at a networking event and someone goes, they're all recruiters over there, what story do I want people to say about me? And if they can't say a story about you, who are you? You're just another recruiter on LinkedIn. So, yeah, it, you know, it will annoy certain people, but I then get to work with clients who are like, I see the value of what you do and I want you to come and do that for me. So straight away, the mm. relationship is, we're in this together, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, you I see that. So so on that, with that approach then, and, and being completely candid, uh, you don't have to answer this, but how much, how much business development work do you have to do now? With shit, kind of what you've... Loads. Yeah, still. Shitloads, yeah. Even with all of that, you're still having to bash the phones. And the thing, the thing is about the business development I have to do. It's going back to what I said earlier about the type of roles I do. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's a 90 billion pound industry, so it's massive. But I work very specifically with event agencies and brand experience agencies. If you're in that market, you'll know what that is. So that sort of industry or those sort of clients, the timelines are still the same. Mm -hmm. But if if I speak to them and they're already recruiting, I'm too late. Yeah. So there's... 25% 25% of my market gone. Oh, yeah. you're looking for an ND or you're already with two others? I don't. And I've had people, Rob would like you to find us an FD. We've mm-hmm. given it to three other people. Yeah. No, I'm not going to not gonna do that. And I'll miss out and they will find someone. So there's half the 20 of your market gone. Because of the types of role, I can work with a client who adore me, who love me, but they might not use me because yeah. they've placed their ND or they've placed their senior. Per- so I constantly have to try to be front of mind. And that's with... SEO, that's with insight analytics from LinkedIn and the website, that's with my social recruitment strategy, it's with um, targeted email marketers, which I've only started doing last year with the do you know Sarah Potter? Have you heard of Sarah no, yeah, Potter? Yeah, High right talent. Yeah, yeah, High right yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. if you're a recruiter. I've invited her on the podcast a few times and she keeps ignoring me. She, she keeps saying no, Sarah, yeah, keeps she, saying she no. She doesn't like me, I don't think. She's <laughs> wonderful. I, unless you've upset her, she wouldn't not like you. I, I, do you know what I might have done in my early days? <laughs> I don't know. There's I know another that, thing. I know that Mark Hopkins speaks highly of her. Oh and, and Mark, I love Mark as well. Mark, yeah, yeah. So and I was all like, oh man. But I think but that's the thing. So I'm constantly but with I'm very lucky, and this is going to sound really like facetious, because my product is different, because I have a proper brand and a name. Yeah. And I know that if I'm speaking to somebody and they're listening, I'll get a visit. And I, But the thing is, I won't get the sale mm-hmm. because I want to speak to people before they need to recruit. Mm-hmm. I want to speak to you three months before you need to recruit. But when you recruit, you so go... So business development in your world is, is kind of all day, every day. 365 days a year, right? I'm at this event today. I'm a judge at the event and I've got business cards on me and I've got my pattern ready because some people might not know me, but that I have to be front of mind as that's the guy in our industry. I get other recruiters now um, sending senior candidates. I get candidates saying, oh, I spoke to XYZ. They said, you're the guy that does senior recruitment. You know, it cuts through if you sit there. But I think that's the thing with it. It's, I've also been really open with recruiters. I During the pandemic, I must have had a group of about eight or nine industry recruiters, my competitors, mm-hmm. that I got us all together. And I would, individually, because they'd never, never as a group, they will, oh, no one will ever talk. But I would talk to them and be like, <laughs> I'm really struggling here, but I'm finding this working. And they would be like, oh, really? Because I'm finding this. So we would share mm-hmm. info mm-hmm. because I was so upfront about it and saying, as recruitment, just do it fucking properly and everyone's life will be easy. There's, do you know, I've noticed that there's a changing trend in that as well. That, that There used to be a time where absolutely you would not. I mean, I worked at Michael Page and we'd be in Brindley Place in Birmingham and you'd be on lunch and be like, see that guy over there? Yeah, he's Rob Half. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's like, and you look back and you think, that's so fucking stupid, right? Because what, what's what's this person from Rob Half done? No, it's, it's what, crazy. Accepted a, a, a paycheck from another company. Like the the I have no share in Michael Page. He or she has no share in Robert Half. So why do I hate this person? And because that, that was the market. Do you remember the old marketing strategy was we're better than you? Yeah, that's it. Go, go back to that contingency yeah, yeah, thing. It was absolutely. like we're better than yeah, you because that's there's it. no other USP that we can shout exactly. about. So we have exactly. to say something like negative or whatever. Exactly. And it wasn't until we set up and then and then a handful of people who were our peers and competitors set up that I realised that now I quite like talking to other recruiters who mm. are running their own business and they're really open to mate, what's working for you guys? Because I'm trying this and it just isn't working. Or that I like what you guys are doing there. That's really fun. Can you know, Do you mind if I take that kind of ideology and apply that to my niche? Mm. And there's a lot more of that kind of sharing going on now, I find. And, um, I think, and it comes, the confidence, because you have to have confidence to do that. Yeah. But you've also got to have belief that you can stand alone. Like what if, for example, the next client you spoke to said, oh, um, it's you and so-and-so that I'm speaking to. Yeah the person right yeah. yeah but now you're like well what do i do here because now that person i was sharing info with is is going to take money out of my pocket so i've had that a few times really yeah i have that i've had that a few times and i then say so and it was usually with the same couple of people uh, and, I, and i will name drop them uh, i mean sonny used to have his own agency he went back to half i believe um or investing i'm not sure where he is but he's definitely working for somebody still now yeah um and then the other one was dave whittle who again works in the coventry market and right. coven warwick market finance recruiter 
And I've had it a few times where like, oh yeah, the the roles out with Sonny from Vivo and Dave from from Bespoke, and I and I go, good. I know both of them. I like both of them. Yeah. I know one of us three will fill this job for you. Yeah. But that's um, the thing, though. It's it's, like, that, that, but that's a different approach. That's that's a personal. I like those people, and I think what they're doing is good. When you go up against competitors who are just don't have yeah, a yeah, yeah, a another yeah. recruiter, yeah, that's I'm, the I'm, tough thing. That's yeah. where you've got to learn to walk away from it. And you know, look, I run my own business, you know, and I run you exclusive with Will. Um, oh, sorry, he he runs it. I, I'm very much in the background, <laughs> but um, we've got to the stage of being like, this is what we do. This to me is retained. Retained is, I believe this adds value, and if you want to pay for it, mm-hmm. then here it is. Okay, yeah. it's here, and these are the benefits. It do, it's not better than them. That's not terrible, but this is a different approach because yeah. I would say ninety nine times out of a hundred, a client will look at mine and go, "I really like that approach." But within those ninety nine, actually, I've got to find someone in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Actually, I I I've, I need like quite a volume of CVs. So their need changes. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Your sell. model doesn't suit me. Yeah, yeah, but I. But what happens is, and that's okay. Go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. They they then change their sale to. Well, now you've said that's a pain point. I'm going to tell you. No, it doesn't. You've got to like. Oh, actually, I can do it in two weeks. No, I can't. I can't do your retain search. Yeah, and I. See it's like people... saying I exclusively sell black cars, <laughs> yeah. and then the client goes, "I want a red car. I can do that." I'll paint it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly right. It's, so like, it's like stick people... to what you're. Yeah, if you stick to your guns, what's the worst that will happen? You know, it's kind of. We yeah. we had a very similar moment um, a few years back now where we had a ton of jobs on, but they were all over the fucking gaff. Right, yeah. there was like we had, I had a health and safety manager, two senior buyer roles, and a ton of legal roles, yeah. all in different areas of like uh, of law as well. And I was like, fucking hell, the job board's never been so busy, blah, blah, blah. We only had two finance jobs. And we were like, we're a finance recruitment company. <laughs> like, that's our niche. That's yeah, what people know what we do. That's all we've ever done. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we 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 um we had a guy come over, his name's Alex Elliott. I'm not sure if you know him, he's um Leicester-based, really, really nice guy, in in an investor in this, that, and the other. And he come along and he was sort of like, be honest with yourself, guys. How many of those jobs are you honestly going to fill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll bag the health and safety manager. That's piece of piece. I can do that because I know I've got candidates that are mm. like good and ready to go. I'll probably do one of the senior buy ones. But truth be told, I, the law the law roles, fucking ain't got a clue. I have to start <laughs> my shortlist from scratch. And he was like, okay, so take all of those jobs off the board. What are you going to do with your time now that you're not sourcing for those jobs? I was like, well, it'd be BD, wouldn't it? And he was like, and how many how many finance jobs do you think you'll pick yeah. up in the time that you'll save? And I was like, I know, I know what you're saying makes sense. And well, I, I know want to punch should... you in the face. Do you know what I mean? No, but I was sort of like, but I, I don't know why I needed you to tell me that because like, now you're telling me it. I'm like, Doo. like but that, fucking but that's, moron. But that's that thing that you said, that's about recruiters listening. Like I've, I've got a mentor, not a, Martin Ellis, his name is, um, works for Recruitment Southeast down in, in Brighton. He's like a 60 five plus year old grumpy miserable bastard ran his own recruitment business sold it still does consultancy you know he put stuff on about his shed you know but, but he's got a great little network and i went to him about four years ago said i really like your stuff and i just asked him like on a date i was like you know will, will you speak to me about being a mentor and having someone outside of the bit having a mentor is the greatest thing you can do as a recruitment business and and will hopefully won't mind me saying like we we have these Friday chats for like a good hour, uh, what well, usually two they are. Every Friday we have a chat, and sometimes it can just be us talking about our kids, our family. Yeah, yeah. It can be talking about football. It can, be, but we end up supporting each that. other. Yeah, and that's what happens if you let somebody look at it and can be really comfortable in your skin. Mm-hmm. First of all, because the whole point you're asking for help is. You there's, want there's the a truth. problem. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, problem. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other yeah. thing is to listen. Because <laughs> if someone says to you, like retained, we talked about, if, so, if someone says, that's not a retained model, what you're selling is not retained, if you're going to turn around and go, well, I'm not listening to that, yeah. then you're an idiot. Yeah. Because now you've had support saying, actually, you know, and I think that's the thing with retained is I personally think as the retained model as a, and it does usually work on senior level roles. It you because of the the timing and the yeah, detail yeah. and the career. It's the career aspect for me. I hate these like, uh, I took a job on a Friday and filled it on a Thursday. I read those and I'm like, how is that a badge of honour? And people might say, well, I've got a really good network, but 
how can that candidate have done due diligence and the client and the client done yeah. due diligence? How is that a badge of honor? Just as much as sounds very forced, it's awful. Yeah. But just as much as like, I, you know, if a client said to me, "I'm going to do a six or seven stage interview process," I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're fucking not. You're not yeah. going to do that. Yeah. It, it doesn't need to last three months. It doesn't. You know, for me, retained is that anywhere between sort of two, three to about four, five weeks. Mm-hmm. If you work retained on a, a you know in a certain amount of roles, yeah. you can get a shortlist of both passive, active applicants network all the stuff that we talked about and mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to do the due diligence to say i've done all that and there's only two people you need to meet because what happens is when they meet those people weirdly enough they believe you but it's only when they meet the people they go ah now i trust you yeah now i get it yeah they're like i believe you i trust you now oh, I can well see it's it. the difference between seeing product and not seeing product right it's, it's yeah. sort of in any in any world if you're building a bit of tech you know, you, you choose the dev team that you want to work with based on kind of an element of, okay, yeah, I like what you're saying, but it's not until they deliver the initial thing exactly. that you're like, okay, you, nah, I made the right choice. And I so. think recruitment's one of those very few things where, you know that phrase, people buy from people? Yeah. You know, recruitment is one of those very few things where you're like, does it? Does it really? Because most of the recruiters that you and I know on LinkedIn, I really wouldn't want to go and have a beer with them, you know? <laughs> I see what they put. I'm like, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Not gonna, my kind of people. I'm not going to buy from you, but you can be a really good. So I really people talk about like Mitch Sullivan, as you know, talks about job adverts and and sales. And for me, like you shouldn't be a salesperson in recruitment. You know, if you're a salesperson in recruitment, there's a problem there because you're just selling. Like I used to have this all the time because I'm. I yeah, I, I'm on that camp. Recruitment for me is a marketing game. Yeah, I'm here when you need business. me. I'm here when you need me. It's not a sales game. No. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. But then equally, I'm of this opinion now where, and I said this on a, a podcast a few months back, and, and it didn't go down great with certain people. Um, I think sales is now, in, in 2024 and onwards, sales is a function of the marketing department, right? And what I mean by that is, it's not really even marketing and sales anymore. It's revenue ops, uh, like revenue hmm, optimization. That that is because if you think about all the things you describe when you kind of talk about what you do to build your brand and your business, there's a you know a social element. There's the marketing, the email marketing, the outreach, the the cold hard dial a phone. Hi, it's Rob. I specialize in this. Da, 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 is an ever decreasing part of the game now. Oh, yeah, but I think it's the best part. No, it might very well be, no, but it's, it's also fantastic. becoming the least effective part because there's a growing trend of people who don't answer the phones, people yeah. who don't answer phones they don't, to people they don't know, people who only answer the phone... Who aren't in the office now, I suppose. Yeah, or, 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 yeah, yeah. but, you, you know, there's, there's sort of like... But then I... Have you heard of um, Lusher and Sales XL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Do you know what? I've been in, doing this 20-odd years. Only last year did Lusher come onto my radar. Only last year, and now I'm on LinkedIn. Like, shit, there's a mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, what's happened? Yeah. But again, though, I think you know, the sales thing... call yesterday, and it was the Benjamin Dennehy phone call. It was the, can I have thirty seconds? Oh, like, yeah. Or, or show you hang up? And he was like, yeah. So basically, look, yeah, what I, what we're brought into companies to do this, 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 and this. But you know, I suppose none of those apply to you, right? And I was just like, look, I, I know the course you've done is <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm going to be completely frank with you, though. You have spoken so much, so fast. I still, I don't really get what it is you do. What are you selling? And he's like, we, we train up SDRs and sell them into businesses. And I was like, right. Yes, I do need that. Yeah. Not right now. Maybe in three months. So call me in three months. And he was like, okay, yeah, cool. So, but what I've got you, you know, can I get you? I was like, listen, I know you've got a quota <laughs> to reach. But that will be on a board. Three months as a lead there. That's it, no, right? But in the end, because he was a nice enough guy, but eventually I was sort of like, listen, are, are you listening or are you just waiting to talk? Yeah. Because there's a difference there. 100%. And, and, but yeah, and, and so for me, I think sales is now, sales and marketing are all blended into the one thing. I, I, I think revenue kind of optimization should really be the term used. And because you, you want your salespeople posting on LinkedIn. Yeah. You want your salespeople going, you know, when your salesperson's like, oh, I've, oh, I've made a TikTok, oh, I've done this, I've done that. You want them to do that. But yeah. that's all marketing activity. So if marketing is that bad and that different to sales, why are you encouraging your salespeople to do it? Right. I think, I think for me, marketing is it's being there when people need you. Sales is putting yourself in their front room for when they need you. I think it's one of them like marketing is 
people will find you, sales is introducing. That's how I always remember it from years ago. And for me, the problem with sales is you can never, I think, ROI sales. And even phone calls. A cold call to me is the old, and I used to do it. We used to do it back in the day. I'd have a yellow, yellow pages, kids. Look, yellow look up pages, what a yellow yes. page. We would literally go, A, hello, do you have any temp requirements? Didn't even know where they fucking were. They could have been Aardvark Limited or Action mm-hmm. Concrete. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. do you have any tape? Plus, plus yeah, yeah. And you'd get one out of 100. Yeah, that's cold calling. For me, and I've got a, a guy that does it. Um, I'm not going to say his name because <laughs> I don't want anyone else to use it. But he, he uses, um, he works for me six days, five, five days a month. But I feed him data. I feed him like, this is Nitin. Nitin is the MD of this company. He will like it. So I feed him that. So when he does it, when he speaks to you, it's not a cold call because hmm. you will know me because I have, yeah. like today I'm I'm at this judging thing. That's a big thing in my industry. You know, Robert's a judge on Friday. You know, it's yeah. little things like that. But that's all marketing. I, I, I get it. But for me, and I, this is just because I'm old. I mean, I'm 50 in three years. You've got to remember. I've always thought of it, like I say, marketing is that like, here when you're ready and sales is, this is like, I'm going to tell you, tell you what I do. And I think social is affected I think that it used, massively. Yeah, it used to be. But yeah. marketing now is so multifaceted, right? In, oh. in that there's so many different ways to get in front of and get through to people uh, and get your product and your service in front of people. Um, this podcast is marketing. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? What else? It's, it's certainly, yeah, what, what, where would you categorize it? Do you know what I mean? Um, content on LinkedIn is marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But pe- people get funny about it because they can't, like recruitment. I remember when I used to run recruitment teams. And you know, do you remember the old pipelines? Oh, about yeah, your pipeline. yeah, it's all like, yeah. And you'd look, and I can't tell you where are we now, January, the whatever it is. I can't tell you what business is going to come off this year in my business. No, I can't tell you that. And anyone that shows you a, here's 40 roles and I'm it's bullshit. And I think people shy away from that. You know, Anton, um, oh God, I just see his name down. He did a, a call the other day, completely out of the blue, had a creds meeting with the guy two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And within a week, he signed off an MD role where I'm going to, I'm going to bill him. Was it 120 yeah. to 130? There's no way you can forecast that. Yeah. You know, he could do 99 other calls yeah. and I'm there to help him. Mm-hmm. I've had people ring up. I Googled senior event recruitment and I've looked at your website and I want to use you. I, who are you? Yeah. I've Brilliant. never heard yeah. of you. Yeah. You know, so you can't. Will? You know, like when I talk to the SEO people or marketing people, and the, the thing with marketing is they like the fact they can put numbers to it. They like the whole reach, engagement, impressions. And when I talk to my SEO people, we've had an increase of 120% and and they've been on this and the low time. And I'm like, great. Who has phoned me? Who has actually got in touch? Because that's the only metric I give a shit about. Like, because I'm old school. I'm like, if no one's ringing me that month, you could tell me, well, if a million people have gone on my website, we have a problem if I can't convert a million people. But I think that's why marketing, especially with the advent of social everyone's a fucking marketer there's freelance marketers yeah and you're yeah. like you're, that's not marketing you know and there's a whole subsection social media social media management marketing project and it's like but what do you do like you say the bare bones of it is i want revenue for my business mm-hmm. i'm openly happy and actually, to, but, but that's the, it yeah historically those two teams were so separated and, and I, i'm a big advocate for if your sales and marketing function work together mm. You're going to drive revenue in the right way, yeah. Because your salespeople don't understand the data that the marketing guys talk about when they talk about click-through ratios, when they talk about impressions and that kind of thing. The salespeople don't understand yeah. that. Salespeople work in in very binary Physics. kind of yeah, you know, <laughs> very, very kind of yeah, noughts and ones, right? Binary. And, <laughs> and and but like it's sort of if you. They kind of want to do the personal branding thing, and they kind of yeah, want to do yeah. the marketing thing, but they don't get it. And and you've I got big phrases. You've got business. I hate personal branding oh, as a phrase. Well, I've had to learn to like it. But <laughs> I just I think it's such a it. cock phrase. And, and there's people that will sell you. Oh, personal I'll branding te- gurus. I'll teach you how to be a personal. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah, we're yeah, through yeah. the mirror, people. Oh, yeah. We're through the mirror. <laughs> I gave I gave um, Steve Guest a load of shit when he was like, yeah, yeah, no, my second book, uh, per- like personal brand, and I was like, fuck off. Oh, you haven't called it that of you it's like yeah yeah why and i was like i fucking hate that term wow give him such a hard time about it but it's, but it's that honesty that for me personal brand really 
it's honesty, it's consistency, yeah. it's doing and being what you say you are and when you say you'll do it. And and if you go back to what you said right at the beginning about the, how you approach things, it's, I don't know, I really feel old today, but it's like, but isn't that what you should just do anyway? Like, why would you go online and lie? Why would you go and tell people stuff that isn't right? Why, what, why do underst- people do that? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in business, because especially now with social, you go and you do something and then... And you, you've seen it recently in my industry. Someone's just called someone out about payment of an invoice. You know, they can just go, ah, oh, knit and did yeah. this. Suddenly, you're public enemy number one. For I, like yeah, day, I, d- I will never understand why um, that happens. I will never understand why people like will blatantly bullshit. I mean, like, there are a lot of people that I'm connected to on LinkedIn that have got things like investor and or like you know property investor or crypto investor specialist consultant yeah, that kind of thing or and, and they yeah, will buy 2k consultants yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or will like fully just be bullshitting about what they do because and it's like you realize i can just go onto company's house and yeah, yeah. see what you're filing you know for myself and it's kind of like what, why do people feel the need to do it but then that's a whole different podcast, isn't it? Because then you talk about again the 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 shit side of social media and and what that's done to people. Because you know there, there's people out there that will literally fucking but it but like, it feeds a flame, destroy yeah. their own mental health over likes and shares, oh. or feel the need to put things like. I used to joke about this with with um, like my old staff all the time. Like I reckon I should put investor and property investor because. I've got a rental property. And, yeah, you know, I've got. I've a, got a higher car. Yeah, I'm like, like, <laughs> but I'd be like, yeah, I've got, I've got a Coinbase account. I've got about like six hundred quid in crypto, and you know, I've, I've got, I've got shares and stocks and shares that I invest in. I mean, they're all in like stupid. Yeah, like, as long as you've got a decent camera banner, you yeah. can, you're fine. But I was like, yeah, I should put that on there. Yeah, investor, and like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I gave five hundred quid to a local business to um like help him set up, and now like you know, so I'm technically an investor in his business. Oh, I should do that. I should write a book about it. But I think that's the thing, though. The problem with social, especially in recruitment, is it's easy to get engaged. If you went on this afternoon and said, uh, Robert Kemmer said, all contingency recruiters are wankers, and watch my podcast, your podcast viewing figures would go like that. And there'd be tons of comments, tons of likes, tons of people saying bad things. And then what? Yeah. It's it's we all it's talk about vanity metrics. And that's it. I mean, I again I feel embarrassed saying this. It was only last year. Like I well, Will told me about it. You know the the viewing metrics that yeah. you can actually change that to be like job title, company, yeah. and I was like, yeah. I didn't. So suddenly yeah. I'm looking oh, at shit because like, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. like everyone yeah. LinkedIn people stuff. who matter are looking at my stuff. They might not be liking exactly. it. Yeah, I I put a post out about this the other day because I was like, you know, it was it'd been out for three hours and it only been seen by two hundred and fifty people. Right? Yeah, and it was just a, a polite reminder about rectals. In terms of if you claim your page, it costs you this much, and this is what you get for it. This is it, hashtag right? ad now. You're, you're yeah, doing yeah, your yeah. ad. This is the ad. ad Rectals. So you go on to Rectals. The number one you company page. called Rectals. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it was like three hours. There was one like, and there was 250 views of it, right? I had four inquiries inbound. Did you really? Of people going, can you send me some more info? Can we jump on a call? I booked in three calls yeah, and one lot of like, yeah, look, here's the, here's the one page. I'll follow up next week with you. Yeah. And it's like, I could have been like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, I've only got one like, and like, you know, people look at my content and like, ah, what a shame. I need to join an engagement but, part but or that's something. That's because of what yeah. we've been sort of yeah. programmed. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I was, I was buzzing. I was like, I fought in no, my no, how are you feeling about my. Because yeah. you are doing it. It's, have you got kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the best bit of advice someone ever gave me about my kids is like, if your kids are doing something, mucking about with a glass of. Are you unhappy that they're doing that? Or are you embarrassed that other people are thinking you're a bad parent? And I remember hearing that. And that in work yeah. and social is, am I really upset that my post didn't hear? Or am I sat there going, ever people think I'm not content? Because everybody's content now goes up and down. Of that's course it, it does. It, you know, I used to get tens and tens of thousands of views. I was never 100,000 viewers. I was always tens and tens of thousands. But now, ever since I looked at that, I might get 1,000 views and then I look at it and it's like, it says a founder or a director or, and yeah. it's like, my audience. Great, that's yeah, who I, that's and it. which, 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 um, what was the other thing? It's not just companies. Cause I didn't know you could change it for a company. <laughs> um, not locations. What's it called? Like area, area. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it's called. And I change it and it said event services. And I'm like, Oh my God, my stuff's reaching <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, for my own mental health, it has changed yeah. my life. It's made me be like, I, I say this to, to my staff all the time. Like guys, 
if you're posting something, post because you feel it's valuable, yeah. not because you want the likes and shares. No. So you're posting just for likes and shares. Well, find a picture of your cute dog and whack oh, that out there. Dog, a picture of your holiday, dogs. you know, or you know, you know, get yourself a picture of you on 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 the beach, like in Ibiza, and put that on there. If you just want likes and shares, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a very easy way to do that. If you if you're sharing something because you genuinely think it's witty, it's going to add value, all the rest of it, put it out there, and then don't keep looking and yeah. look for your vanity metrics because people will. I mean, me, me me and my old business partner, we sussed this a long time ago in the. LinkedIn wants you to be use it as a social network. So use it as a social network, but you like forget about the likes and the shares and the the vanity metrics. Just put things out and use it consistently. Mm. And what ends up happening is what's happening right now with me, which is I speak to people and they're like, "Mate, you are on my fucking socials all the time. <laughs> you are all over my LinkedIn." And then that's who you want, that's like it. that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's by design." Because I'm building a platform which is designed to show that, hey, we can broadcast your stuff to a wide audience. Now, if you're seeing me, that means that other people will also be seeing me, which means that your product will be seen by me. So it's like the cell works and the the, the theory and the concept works, right? And it's it took me a long time to get my head around that, oh no, LinkedIn isn't just isn't a business networking site. LinkedIn's a social media. But, it, but it's you also, use it LinkedIn wants you to be addicted to LinkedIn. Of course it does, yeah. LinkedIn, yeah, yeah. What, I mean, realistically, LinkedIn doesn't want us on there because LinkedIn wants to be a recruitment company. LinkedIn doesn't want me on there because no. I'm a recruiter. But we are, what is it, 80, 70 something percent of its revenue. Yes. But re- LinkedIn is a recruitment thing, yeah, really. Yeah, it's a recruitment tool. It yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, want it is, yeah. And I always think of it now as like, I mean, I have a system, I, you know, I've got a dictaphone on my phone and I'll say things like, oh, ask this question on social. And so I use that to filter and I've got a Google Doc open. It's, I call it Robert's Brain Dump because I'm really clever like that. And then I write all my posts out and then I go back to, and the amount of stuff I've been, because I'm like, oh God, you sound like a right angry young man there. Who's going to be interested in what you just saw? You know, and that's about that value thing. It's, we're not celebs. You know, there's a guy called Adam Karpiak, who is the closest thing I think to a recruiter celeb. He's got 250,000. He's a recruiter in New York, accountancy recruiter. Absolutely has got the best profile you'd imagine as a recruiter. Okay, He can put things on like, um, you know, yeah, what's he does things like he does a post and it says, what's better, applying via workday or covering yourself with honey and running in a bear's cave? And he'll get like 20,000 people will do it. Because he's built that over time. But no one wants to... Like, it's that thing of, who wants to know what you're up to? Is it really important it's that the, you... It's the Twitter effect, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And yeah. I think LinkedIn, and God, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a... This isn't Facebook or whatever. I don't care about that. But I think there's so much crap on there that mm-hmm. people should just have, a, like, an internal filter. You know, go to post it and go, I'll post that tomorrow. Because then it would really clear it up and you wouldn't get this problem, which I think we get now is... You know, there's some great people out there posting content. My content's not great, but it's done for an audience I want to receive it. I could do vanity metrics on recruitment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Will and I are talking about this at the moment with, with OX7, and, you know, their videos get thousands yeah. and thousands. It's TikTok accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're looking at that going, but are we getting business from that? And obviously he is, you know, we're doing very, he's doing very well because he obviously runs OX and yeah. together we run this one. But we're looking at it from a, but what could we do to really turbocharge that? Yeah. And instead of having a good year, have every year be amazing mm-hmm. and utilize this social. But platform. that's where the, that's where the understanding of marketing comes in. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. that's well, when having a, point, a, having yeah. a, a true marketer would go, okay, so let's put, you know, an outro on the videos. Yeah. You know, let's Call to make sure that, yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure every video has got a CTA. Yeah. Make sure that you occasionally chuck in a, you know, uh, a plug of a vacancy you're working on or something that you do yes. work-related or whatever <laughs> and kind of, you know, subconsciously start building that into it. But this is the difference between salespeople who don't understand or don't know marketing as well. Because yeah. we always, as salespeople, we always point to the marketing guys like, you just don't get it. You don't know what it's like to be on the phone 100 times, yeah. get told no. told no. No, that's great. But we don't know what it, their thing's like either. And we could be really, really good at doing that sort of stuff. And, and and Will and the team are fantastic. And every video that comes up on my feed, I'll sit and watch. And yeah, these guys are brilliant. Very good. And I've I've batshit phrase again, personal brand. They've all got their own little personality and they've all got yeah. and they've had their own little character arc. And it's been great, but it's sort of like 
you know, if you had somebody in marketing behind this, you also would have managed to get like maybe a, a lot more business off the back of it because yeah, people would have like related that. To, yeah, do you know what I mean? But, it, but it's also sponsorship you, of videos or whatever, yeah. right? But it's like you said earlier, though, about having someone external. Because I, I, back end of last year, I started looking at a content strategy for this year. Mm. And I post Monday to Friday. But I'm very specific about Monday, I'll do a poll. Tuesday, it's about my yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's quite nice and clear. Yeah. And someone said to me, um, where'd you post your jobs? And I was like, oh, I, you know, when a job goes live, I'll post it. And Monday afternoon, Monday evening is a good time to post a job. Mm. And they said to me, and then where? And I was like, what do you mean? Uh, are you telling me you only post your job once on these big, chunky roles? Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, why yeah. would you not? Oh, and shit. <laughs> you want people to go on your feed and be like, yeah. he only does senior stuff. But you put a senior. So I've started doing that, you know, and there are only two or three. These are the two or three jobs I'm working on. And suddenly people are going, oh, great. Yeah. Could you speak to so-and-so? And it's that sort of, yeah. oh, my God, it's so simple. If you turn it around from, and this was my aha moment about 18 months ago, that sort of, I want to tell the world, you have to change that into, like, why would they listen to me? Yeah. Like, what is it people follow? People don't follow me because they want to know what I'm doing no, in my no. day. They're and they're not, not waiting for you to exactly. update Where's Robert? Feed. Where's Robert? That's the difference, isn't it? People aren't well, like waiting the, the, for the you. The newsletter, I, I, uh, you know, the LinkedIn newsletter, yeah, yeah. I've got something like 3,500 subscribers. Mm -hmm. And, of course, my PR lady was like, sorry, 3,500 people have said, send me information fortnightly. Yeah. And you're still not doing it. Yeah. And <laughs> you're like, they're going, oh, yeah, that's quite yeah. smart. So, you know, yeah, we, yeah, all, yeah. we all went through that year after the pandemic of thinking – recruitment is the, yeah, digital yeah, no, do, i mean that was god god i could do a years like that and i think back end of last year was for me it settled down into this is now the new this is yeah. the level now and i hadn't done bd for 18 months two years mm -hmm. and i suddenly was like oh my my pipeline's yeah. dried up here no one knows who i am i'm not picking up the phone i haven't got anton hit them phones harder i know it was what <laughs> that's where anton came in you know like he's been with me <laughs> A year now because i was suddenly like Shit, i haven't done this but the product and going all the way back to the retained stuff if you can sit there and say this is how it adds value this is what it is and if you want it you ask people as many times as you can mm -hmm. here's another option to what you've always done more often than not people are going to go yeah all right yeah because they've tried that and yeah. if they haven't tried yours it's new and they want to be that like you said they want to be that person going I use a retained recruiter, <laughs> and this is what he does yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Tesla model. Yeah, no, I love no, that. No, nobody that. who's ever bought a Tesla told you it was a bad idea until yeah. they got rid of it, right? Yeah, no, I like that. That is a good one. <laughs> so do, do you know what I love about all this is the fact that you're not a retained um, trainer. Do you know what I mean? You haven't got a training course that you're trying to plug here. I've been you're asked to do it. You, People have asked me. Yeah, but... I was going to say, you know, so if if... If I've got listeners out there that want to get in touch and like pick your brains a little bit or want you to cut no, your eyes over. pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your hourly rate? And... <laughs> I think my, I, I try not to. Um, I mean, for me, if you want to look at retained, the easiest way to do it is what would you pay up front for someone to do? Yeah. And if you can't answer that question, then you don't have a retained model. Yeah. You know, you, you just, you, you can't and you have to. Be prepared to listen to other people rip it apart. Yeah. And I, even in my industry, I was told by people that I now would say are friends, you know, <laughs> that will never work. That's And that's never been done. And I'm an industry where retained hasn't even come in. And in a weird way, I think that's benefited me. Mm, in a okay. weird way, because retained has never been a model people have heard of or yeah. used so it's a bit like, yeah, oh, so this there's is no new. Bad, yeah, and there's no kind of bad examples. Or we did it once before, it was shit, yeah, yeah. And I think for me, the biggest USP that I came up with was if I don't, you know, if you, and I think I do, I can't remember what my terms of business are. Oh, it says if you don't interview my shortlist. If you don't interview my shortlist, I will give you a retainer back. Because I'm standing there saying, I'm going to brief, I'm going to write a job yeah. script, I'm going to write a role profile, I'm going to interview, I'm going to do all this stuff. And it's like, if after all of that, you I still can't I get still this screw up, through this, then yeah, don't, I don't give me the money, it. I don't deserve <laughs> it. I will, you know, I don't, why would I? And that's contingent. But the weird thing is, we just described contingency. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll do all of that and I might not get and paid. I'll, and I'll do, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And you still won't answer the phone to me. Yeah. You could have the best shortlist in the world. And what? And, oh, uh, we had that email from uh, Bob in HR a month yeah. ago. No, you did. So I think that that's what I would say about retained. If you're thinking about retained, it's about thinking smaller. It's not a volume thing. It's about thinking what would people pay for. And you do, like the fitability thing. Yeah, it's a made up word. I just made it up and trademarked it because what happens? People say to me, yeah. And what they've said is, sell to me. Tell mm. me why I should give you money. Bingo. So yeah, yeah, have yeah. something that you can stand and be proud of. And also, yeah, don't put down other recruiters. Like our industry is one of the, I, I just can't believe how much we, and I was one of them. I was yeah, one yeah. of them. And I, 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 as I, I'd older, like to say that's changed um, yeah. in, in recent years. Maybe um, maybe the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the, I, 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 yeah. I, th I think that certainly has changed in recent years, but. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Don't sell your shit against other recruiters. No, no. Believe sell it. your shit. You know, tell people, tell them how good you are. Tell them how what the things that you're going to do. Don't shit on someone. No, yeah. absolutely. So I, I think this is the year to switch to retained if you're thinking about it because it is harder to pipeline's gone. You know, for most people, yeah. business development and 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 uh, outreach is is number one priority for most agencies right now. And it's all about the relationship build and that kind of thing. I think now is a better time than ever before because you're not getting the, can you just fill this role? Or no. you're not getting the, you've spec'd this candidate to me, can you book them in for an interview? You're not. Ha that's not happening anymore. So you're having to think about it a bit more. So I think actually this might be the year we see more people move to this retained model. And, and don't get me wrong, like the whole You've specking... trademarked fitability, why not just sell it? Yeah. <laughs> I stole Sell it actually. The there was a PR company that pitched to me about ten years ago, and he had called it Talkability. Uh, and I'll ne never forget saying to him, "What the hell's talk?" And he actually said to me, "It's the same as everyone else is going to sell you." I just called it that, so you'd ask me a question. And when I set up my recruit phone, I was like, "I need to come up with something." <laughs> but I think the interesting thing there about uh, what yeah. you just mentioned there is. It's also like I, I do work with other recruiters. I will, yes. if, if a recruiter gets in touch and says, well, oh, so you've got an MD role there, I'm not going to sit there and not talk to them. No, it's never. I think I've done it once in, in a few years. But I think it's that thing about just sort of looking at it from what do I want to do? You know, what do I want to yeah. be known for? And, yeah. and sticking to your guns with it, really, you know, believing in it. No, I like that. Brilliant. Rob, I think that about wraps us up for today. Perfect timing. Yeah, it was really good timing. It's almost, almost on <laughs> it's the It's almost dot. like you yeah. know what you're doing. I <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to reach out to you, get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Uh, LinkedIn, Robert Kenward, K-E-N-W-A-R-D. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, tickety tockety tickety tock, Instagram, and all the other social media channels you can find. Yeah, follow me if you're in events. Sign up to my <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Brilliant. Guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Rec Talk, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks, Liam. That was good, right? It's fun. Oh, wicked. Turn this all around.